Welcome everyone to the Sports Unite podcast. This is episode 18. We've made it to 18 now. We can do a lot more stuff than we could at 16, but we are at episode 18. Uh, thank you very much for joining us this week. We took an unexpected planned week off. I think it was very important that everyone took the time to have those conversations, get uh, on the same page, make sure that everyone's voices is heard, including those uh, of our black community members and listeners. So just remember that take care of one another, make sure that all voices can be heard and that we change the narrative so that everyone has the same and equal opportunity and not feel like they're lesser or don't have the same opportunities or aren't heard. So please have those difficult conversations and let's get together and unite. That's what this podcast is all about, is uniting everyone using sport. And I think there have been ample examples of what we have been able to do with that, but there's still lots more to do. So keep up having those conversations, include everyone, make everyone feel welcome, and let's unite together. So let's start off with some wonderful news. Nick Nurse, the coach of the Toronto Raptors, has won Coach of the Year. I think this is well-deserved, even though they're in a little bit of a hole right now against the Celtics in the second round. They still had a fantastic year, a great bubble appearance, and uh, hopefully are turning it around. We have one team still in the Stanley Cup Finals right now. Vancouver is still battling. They are 3-2 down in the series against Las Vegas. They go to Game 6 tonight. So as of uh, tomorrow, we might not have any more teams in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, That seems to be an annual tradition. Wait to see how long Canada survives in the playoffs. But uh, so far, Vancouver's holding on. It's been a good series, and we uh, hopefully uh, we can keep going. Uh, so Vancouver is this year's Canada's team, if uh, you want to hand out that award. The U.S. Open has started. The uh, usual final Grand Slam of the year in the world of tennis uh, started on the 31st. The usual, usually starting this time, usually it's the uh, kind of culmination of the end of the tennis year. You know when the U.S. Open starts, that falls on its way, school starting. It's the end of summer shindig for the uh, tennis world. So it started, and some people have opted out, but uh, we have some Canadian contention. Milos Raonic lost to his counterpart and countryman Vasek Pospisil, defeated him in the second round. Uh, currently right now, Felix is uh, on the court against Andy Murray in the second round, and uh, so far a good match. We'll keep up with all the Canadian content in the U.S. Open. The Blues might have fallen to the Canucks earlier in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but fun is not off the table even during a pandemic. That's right, usually mayors get involved with bets or businesses, CEOs, and this time, libraries. The St. Louis Library uh, issued a uh, kind of a challenge using book titles uh, on their Twitter, uh, and the Canucks responded uh, both using books uh, to create a clever message cheering on their individual teams and kind of 
making a rivalry of its sorts. Super clever to use book titles uh, for the post. Uh, and Vancouver did beat St. Louis that same day. Uh, so kudos to both library systems on creating a very fun, unique, and special way to cheer on the teams uh, during this uh, time. Uh, we love unique uh, battles and when bets are taken. Can't really do that right now or not really happening. So when libraries get involved in using books, super clever. So big thumbs up here from the Sports United podcast. Along with Bayern Munich winning the Champions League, Alfonso Davies has now become the first member of the Canadian men's international team to win the Champions League title. This is a huge setup for the Canadian team and the 19-year-old star, uh, one to watch, a bright future for Canadian soccer on the men's side and not to be outdone, Kadisha Buchanan and the Lion team won its fifth consecutive Champions League title her fourth in a row and just adds to the growth of the women's team who are beyond what we could have ever imagined probably 20-25 years ago so they're getting ready for the olympics in 2021 hopefully the olympics happen and the women's world cup in 2023 so congratulations to both alfonso and kadisha huge accomplishments and keep doing what you're doing and you're putting Canada on the map for soccer which is uh, what Canada's probably needed. Also another young Canadian international star has joined League One and Lille. The 20-year-old Jonathan David signed a five-year deal to help Lille challenge PSG, Loin, Marseille and the other teams and challenge for the Champions League title. So congratulations to Jonathan David, and uh, we have big things for him as well, along with Alfonso Davies, to carry the men's team to a World Cup berth, hopefully uh, very, very soon. All right, we have a new segment. New segment alert. New segment alert. This one actually requires a little bit of uh, social media because this new segment is called You Gotta See It. So we're going to highlight some sports moments that we think everyone should see. Uh, go to our social media page, so Sports Unite Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and Sports Unite Pod 1 on Twitter to look at the links to find those moments. In our first moment, the MotoGP World Tour, which is the highest level of motorcycle racing, if you don't know. This past week, they had a the Styrian GP in Austria and Miguel Oveira became the first Portuguese winner of MotoGP race. And the last lap was super intense. Uh, the call, you have to listen to the call when you're watching the video because it makes it that much better. What a crazy last lap. We had lead changes, almost crashes, just so much going on in the last lap. Everyone was bunched together in the top three. So you got to see it. Our second you got to see it comes from the NBA bubble. And many sports fans have already watched this, I'm sure, but Game 4 of the Clippers-Mavericks. 3.7 seconds left in OT. Luka Doncic hits the game winner as time expires and becomes a top moment for the bubble and for these playoffs. In our last You Gotta See It happen this very night, Game 3, Raptors-Celtics. Raptors are down and with 0.5 seconds less than a second half a second left to win the game og gets the ball 
puts up the three, and Raptors win 104-103 to make the series 2-1. So that three wins them the game, puts them back in the series, and you got to see it. So head to our social media page to watch those highlights, and we'll get you uh, excited for the weekend upcoming sports. We now have a deep dive. And for those of you who don't know, deep dive is where we dive into a league or a sport specific that you might not know of. And we tell you a little bit about it, the history, the teams, how's it going. So this week, as the season winds down, we're going to go into the CPL. So the CPL is the Canadian Premier League, is a soccer league based out of Canada. It's uh, the top Canadian league. Uh, and it is the soccer version, if you will, of the CFL with an eye on developing Canadian soccer talent, training, and else. The Canadian Soccer Association is one of the uh, one in charge of making sure that the league and other organizations stick to those standards. There are a total of four levels of competition in both Canada and the U.S. and the U.S. side, and the top side in the U.S. is considered the MLS. So it's almost like a NFL-CFL comparison uh, would be the best example because there's nothing else like the NFL-CFL. And the CPL is kind of like that as well. The CPL began its first season in 2019, so a brand new league. It started off with seven teams, York 9 FC, Cavalry FC, Halifax Wanderers FC, Valor FC, FC Edmonton, Forge FC, Pacific FC, and then... For the second season in 2020, the first expansion team came with Atletico Ottawa. Of course, uh, this new season, uh, 2020, is a little bit different. We'll talk about uh, what's called the Island Games, is uh, how they got into it. Uh, so they do have a season, and it's currently going almost over, which is why we're doing the deep dive now, to get you set for uh, the thrilling finish. Also, the winner of the league gets a position in the CONCACAF League, which is not the CONCACAF Champions League. I will let you know the difference uh, a little bit later in the segment. There have been a few different leagues in Canada, uh, so we're just going to focus on the CPL as it's the current one. Spotlight needs to go on that. Let's grow the game inside of Canada. So, like I said, the first season began in April 2019. And the season happens usually between April and October, with the team playing 28 games. Of course, uh, this this year is a little bit different. Uh, so, with uh, a major overhaul in how Canada soccer and the men's team and how development is happening, there needed to be a kind of direct change. And this is the overhaul that led to the development of the CPL. Like the CFL, it has... Uh, to have, uh, with the emphasis on homegrown talent, creating and development and keeping homegrown talent here. So allowing kids to go on soccer scholarships, go to university, play, and have the chance to get drafted and not have to think that, oh, I didn't go down to the States, my career is over. So it gives them a little bit extra and creates more opportunity that wasn't there before. Uh, for soccer... No unique different rule changes with the league, uh, just more uh, unique parameters uh, were installed uh, kind of into the rules 
like the CFL, we use that as an example. Uh, but for the most part, everything else is the same. No, uh, no wacky rule changes like the rouge in CFL football. The foundation of the league is deeply rooted in multiculturalism, uh, just like the country Canada. Uh, and uh, the idea that many dreams were dashed uh, because there was no league inside of Canada or a way to continue on. And that really kind of showed where soccer was on the men's side for many, many years. So this league is hoping that it can build on that, have many things to come with international soccer on the men's side and catch up essentially to the women's side because the women's side has been killing it and the closer and closer they get to getting to a world cup final and uh you know they have two olympic bronze medals so getting to that gold medal game as well the men's side needs to catch up so the cpl is looking to help develop that as well the logo The logo also has a meaning, and it features the North Star as a guiding light, four rings that portrays Canada from coast to coast, a soccer ball, and the earth that we all inhabit. And of course, it features a maple leaf that is divided into eight parts that symbolizes pride, value, diversity, language, and all that brings everyone together using the beautiful game that is soccer. So I've been saying that there has uh, a little bit of unique rules like the CFL, but not as crazy as the Rouge. So uh, some of these rules amount to uh, the amount of Canadians that have to be on the roster. So six starters must be Canadian and 50% and fifty plus one of those players on the complete roster must be Canadian. There's a U-Sport draft, which opens up another avenue for those players who stayed in Canada to play at Canadian universities, unlike before, where mostly if you didn't go down to the United States to play NCAA soccer, you were just going to play soccer because you loved it, and after four or five years, you were done. There also must be three spots allocated to players under 21 for development, and they must play a combined 1,000 minutes through the season. That is something very unique that not many other leagues get to do. Having that opportunity to play in bigger leagues, get time, actual playing time, training, be a part of a team is not only a benefit for Canadian soccer, but those young players as well. And maybe this is a, a, a window into other leagues who think that they can do this for other sports as well. Developing younger talent is a, uh, great and some players who get through it really benefit from that and if they don't uh, we see like Canadian soccer hasn't really been uh, the best on the men's side so uh, to be able to catch up to other countries in development having that unique experience for those players who are under 21 uh, is just beyond what other leagues are able to offer. The initial season for 2019 uh, was a split season that some other leagues have where they have uh, kind of a spring season and a, you could call fall season. And the winners of those two would meet in a two-leg final. So Forge FC defeated Calvary FC to capture the first ever championship. 
And as for this season, we called the Island Games on beautiful Prince Edward Island. If you have not visited, highly recommend it. It's a little hard currently, but when we are able to travel, hands down, go to PEI. It's the beautiful Red Island. Go visit Anne of Green Gables, the bridge, cow's ice cream. Love it all. I miss it dearly. Uh, so with the pandemic affecting the 2020 season, the CPL jumped into action to secure a location to play a bubble-style tournament, and PEI was picked. So they uh, they do play uh, at UPEI, uh, and each team plays seven games, so they essentially play each other once, uh, and the top four will advance to play another round-robin against each other, so they play three more games, and then the top two from that play in the finals, where the winner will be the 2020 champion, they will get a spot in the CONCACAF League in 2021. And a very unique thing, the Voyagers Cup. They'll get to compete for the Voyagers Cup in the Canadian Championship, which uh, we will talk about a little bit after. But let's get into the teams. So the teams currently competing. Cavalry FC. This team plays out of Atco Field, uh, which is just outside Calgary on the historic Spruce Meadows Equestrian Complex. Uh, and they have one game remaining, and they sit in second place in the Island Games, looking to keep in the top four, uh, which doesn't seem... They seem pretty comfortable to compete in a top four spot. FC Edmonton. Edmonton has been around for many years, playing in the NASL and competing in the Voyagers Cup. Uh, they were in the league, uh, they were in the NASL until 2017, and then joined the CPL and began playing in 2019. They have played at Commonwealth Stadium, the giant stadium where the uh, Edmonton Football Club plays, uh, but moved into a smaller, more confining and comfortable Clark Stadium, where they play currently. Right now, they are eliminated and are currently in 8th place uh, and definitely not moving on. They have 1 point. Forge FC. The new team uh, began to play in 2019 uh, and they were the uh, inaugural, inaugural winners. Uh, they play out of Hamilton, Ontario and play on Tim Hortons Field, which is home of the Ticats of the CFL. They are currently in, again, first place and have basically booked their ticket to the uh, next round. So they will be competing uh, for uh, the championship. Uh, and they also made it to the round of 16 in the CONCACAF League tournament in 2019. The Halifax Wanderers FC. The Wanderers uh, were birthed for the CPL and play in a pop-up style stadium on the Halifax Common Grounds, which is a historic place in Halifax. If you haven't been to Halifax, I highly recommend it. Love the city. Uh, so much history going on in the Halifax Commons. Uh, a very historic place. Very deep-rooted in athletic and sports history. Uh, the Wanderer Amateur Athletic Club played there for many, many years in the 1800s. Uh, baseball has been held there, where an appearance and a game by Babe Ruth, rugby matches, international matches, and more. Uh, they are currently in fourth place, so they hold the fourth and final spot with one game remaining 
Uh, they are at nine points, so they need a win to secure. They need a draw and a loss by Pacific FC uh, to secure the fourth and final spot. Pacific FC, they are located in the Greater Victoria area on Vancouver Island uh, and play at the West Hills Stadium in Langford, BC. In the Island Games, they have moved down to 6th place with 8 points. They lost their last game and they have one game remaining against FC Edmonton. So, might be a little bit in their favor there for the... Uh, scheduling uh, so they need uh, a win to get into the top four valor fc this team plays out of winnipeg and plays in the biggest stadium ig field which houses the winnipeg blue bombers they currently sit in seventh spot with seven points and need a lot of outside help to get into the final so they play Forge FC in their final game, which is going to be a tough task since they're in first place. Uh, so not so favorable in the schedule side. York FC, they play out of the York area of the GTA, uh, which is the greater Toronto area for those who are not from Canada. And they play their home games at York University Stadium, uh, where the university teams play. York University is a uh, university essentially in Toronto. Uh, and uh, they have plans to play in a modular 15,000-seat stadium that will be built in the next three years. So very much looking forward to a new stadium uh, there. They're currently holding on to the third seed uh, with 10 points with one game remaining uh, where they play Cavalry FC. So it's going to be a tough match. They're at 10 points with Cavalry FC. So a draw would do them both well, but a win would guarantee them a spot. Uh, move them into first if Forge FC does not win, but uh, a win, essentially win and you're in scenario. And the newest team, Atletico Ottawa. Uh, this team was announced and birthed, if you will, in January and is owned by Spanish club Atletico Madrid. They play out of TD Stadium, although they have not played a game there officially because the season never got going for home games uh they're currently in fifth spot with a big win yesterday at eight points so they are one point behind and their final game is against halifax wanderers fc so a win they need a win to secure their spot in the top four because a draw would just make uh, halifax get 10 points and one fall one point shy so uh, all games finish up this coming weekend. So we have two games Saturday and two games Sunday. If you want to watch these games, you need to subscribe to One Sport. It's got a lot of different games. So everything from the CPL to the Canadian Championships to CONCACAF League games, uh, other league games around North America. So if you're a big into soccer, if you have DAZN or other uh, subscriptions like that, I recommend getting the one soccer uh, subscription. Pretty, pretty good uh, bang for your buck, if you will. Alright, so I've talked about the CONCACAF League, the CONCACAF Champions League, the Canadian Championship. What the heck is that? So, 
there's been uh, kind of a revamp, especially over the past, since the year 2000, to see, you know, not just who the best uh, leagues are. So you have the Champions League in UEFA, the most famous one. But then you have uh, in South America, you have Asia. What about North America? The poor CONCACAF division gets forgotten about or, you know, you get... Uh, Mexico and U.S. and another country are usually the top three every four years World Cup. So to make it more com competitive, get those club level playing more games, uh, they've come up with a different system. So to start the CONCACAF League. So the winner of the CPL gets a spot in the CONCACAF League, which is the league below the Champions League. It has 22 teams in a home and away winner advanced tournament and feature teams from Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Panama, Nicaragua, Belize, three teams from the Caribbean zone. So that could be Jamaica, that could be uh, Cuba, it could be uh, Dominican, and one Canada club, the CPL. The top six teams, so the teams that make the finals, the losers of the semifinals, and the two best quarterfinalists get an advancement to the Champions League. In 2020, CONCACAF League uh, has been pushed back to October, uh, as uh, everything has, and uh, the first few stages might just be single elimination games to reduce travel in the home and away, uh, and might begin in the quarterfinals. Nothing has been for sure. Uh, everything's still a little bit up in the air, so we will wait to see the closer we get to a specific date in October. Forge FC for winning the 29th season will be Canada's birth uh, into the 2020 CONCACAF League, uh, and uh, they were in the 2019 CONCACAF League based on winning a small tournament with the first three teams in the league. The CONCACAF Champions League. This is where the big boys play. A berth and a win at the CONCACAF Champions League gets you to the Club World Cup. That's right, the FIFA Club World Cup. That's a thing. So the winner of the 2020 Champions League gets that berth into the 2020 FIFA Club World Cup. Now, the Club World Cup will be changing in 2021. We'll talk about that more on a, another episode, but... For this format, for the 2020 16 teams knockout format, automatic spots are 10, 4 come from Mexico, 4 come from the US, 1 from Canada, 1 from the Caribbean, and the 6 others coming up from the CONCACAF League. The winner gets a automatic spot at the quarterfinals at the FIFA Club. So the FIFA Club World Cup is uh, changing and expanding majorly in uh, 2021 so uh, it looks like it will be held every four years instead of every year uh, and will feature all UEFA Champions League winners runners-up Europa winners Copa Liberato uh, from the four seasons uh, and the rest will come from the four other federations this might change but uh, as of 2021 that is what the FIFA World Cup will be so for the 2020 league, we'll just have uh, essentially 10 teams and some play a play-in to the quarterfinals and break it down from there. So how does Canada make it to the Champions League? Well, 
So like I said, the 2020 FIFA World Cup tournament, uh, the winner of the Canadian Championship gets a meeting in the quarterfinals. Uh, and the winner of the quarterfinals will meet either the UEFA champion or Copa Liberato champion in the semifinal. The Canadian Championship is how Canada determines which team is guaranteed a spot at the CONCACAF Champions League and then potentially the uh, FIFA World uh, Club World Cup. The format has changed, especially for uh, 2020. So uh, the CPL will determine uh, one finalist. And between Vancouver, Montreal, and Toronto, they're playing kind of a mini-series in the MLS as they figure out their schedule for the rest of the year. After the winner of those games home and away against each other, they will get a spot in the championship and play for the Voyageurs Cup. Normally, and how this will be going forward, it has been an expanded process to include three rounds of qualifying, including teams from Ligue 1 Ontario and Premier League du Soccer du Québec, as they go through a home and away tournament until a winner is crowned in late September, and then they participate in the next year's Champions League. So how it normally will be is going through, so the teams in the CPL, the three MLS uh, teams, the winner of League One Ontario and uh, Quebec League uh, will join uh, for a 13-team kind of style tournament uh, going forward for the 2021 tournament. And how the format will be will be released uh, a little bit later, uh, closer to 2021. But for this year, the, to determine the Canadian champion, we will have one MLS team take on one CPL team for the chance to compete in 2021 and be crowned the Voyager Cup winner and Canadian champion. So that is the CPL. Check it out this weekend. Uh, you can find highlights uh, through social media. Follow a team. Become a supporter. It's a great league, great startup league, great for development, uh, only benefits Canada in men's soccer, have a long way to go. So go out, look for those leagues, look for those teams, and uh, cheer on the eventual champion because they're going to be an underdog compared to the MLS team. So cheer them on. Hopefully we have a great finish this weekend and uh see who goes on to the next round of the uh, round robin and now we're going to head to our sports report this week this week we have cole in our nfl slot who's going to talk about uh, the upcoming nfl season that is one week away that's right one week from thursday we have nfl football is it going to be a gong show is it going to happen it probably going to happen because the NFL is made of money. So we're going to kick it off to Cole and our sports report.
And welcome to this week's sports report. Since we're getting really, really close to the start of the NFL season, training camps have been going for a couple of weeks now. We are going to throw it and to our uh, NFL correspondent. Welcome to the podcast, Cole. Thank you so much for having me. All right, so uh, Cole, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Justin, thank you so much for having me. Uh, as most of you don't know, I am Justin's brother. Uh, I live in Peterborough. I'm a social worker, and I run youth programs at the Y. And yes, you heard it here, folks. I am a Patriots fan. Ooh. Although there are not many of you left because you all jumped ship when Tom Brady left because you have no faith in your team, just like all the fans that joined 20 years ago because they just magically started to wins. Gotta, gotta stay, gotta stay true, even though it's and Tom Brady. I'm still gonna win proud. So let's uh, give us your take on uh, what you thought of the uh, last NFL season uh, that ended, which seems just in the nick of time. Well, you know what? I thought the last NFL season went great. I mean, you saw the San Francisco 49ers go all the way after having um, having Jimmy Garoppolo get injured last the season before and lead them all the way, battling it out to the Super Bowl. Um, unfortunately, losing to the Kansas City Chiefs, which were insanely stacked, um, which happened to bulldoze over every team back, as most of those games ended up coming back for them. But uh, I thought the NFL season went pretty great. Um, a little bit of cliffhangers happened in the offseason, um, referring to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots and Rob Gronkowski following him and leaving at a retirement to Tampa Bay. What do you mean? Don't you mean you're a week of crying and solitude because your, your NFL version of Jesus just left your team for the sun and sand of Florida? Yes, it was very emotional. I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised a, you said it was a good NFL season since your team lost. Yeah, we we didn't do too hot. I mean, we the got, last the last throw Tom Brady ever threw in a Patriots uniform was a interception by a former teammate that went for a pick six touchdown. Yeah, so he left a legacy in New England with that. Let's I not mean, forget. It's tired. He he wanted to come back. I'm going to say they – I don't think they offered him the right amount of money. They offered him a decent amount for his age and didn't really weren't really willing to get good receivers for him. Well, now or, we're just going to find out is if he's a system quarterback or if he's the real deal. That will be the question. I mean, with that offense now, I think Tampa Bay is going to do pretty good this season. I'm not convinced. I think it'll take a couple weeks, especially since the opening game they play the Saints. So it should be a very tough matchup with Drew Brees healthy. And most of their offense actually is playing and not opting out of the season, which will be good for them. 
So going into the season, the NFL has been all systems forward, nothing's changing. And then it seemed like they waited to the last minute before implementing some new regulations, getting rid of the preseason. Were you worried at all that the NFL might not happen because of their late response? Or were you under the impression that no matter what, they're going to go ahead and play a season because it's the NFL and they'll make money? You know what? I was a little worried at first because – there wasn't much said about the NFL season other than it was everybody just assumed all systems go. And then you got a little bit into it and you started hearing a little rumors here and there. Will they do it? Will they do a bubble situation like basketball and NFL or NBA, NBA and hockey? Um, But then it kind of got quiet. And then you start to see how the MLB is doing it which is a whole other ball game and way out of whack because I feel like they're not disciplining any players and they're just not being strict on anything and it's kind of showing. Um, So, I mean, I was a little worried on how the NFL is going, but I think canceling the preseason games was a smart idea because it gives them a little more time to build up on how they want to present their health to the players and want them to have as much of the starting players come back and not opt out of the season. Do you think, uh, well, baseball is just a whole nother issue. I think they've kind of gotten their act together since and baseball definitely did not take everything seriously, but do you think seeing how bad baseball got, do you think that kind of woke the NFL up? to having to come to a proper plan and actually have procedures in place and opt out options because it was just not going to work the way that baseball had intended it and how the NFL probably wanted to make it work like nothing was happening. Oh, 100%. They definitely shed some light on how not to do it. And the NFL took a lot of notes and it's already starting to show, um, like canceling the games they had scheduled for in the UK and Mexico, obviously, because you can't travel right now, um, and implementing a lot of stadiums to have no fans, although some are really pushing to have a little bit of fans. Um, but I know a majority of them are being strict at least for the first couple games and then seeing kind of how things go from there. Um, that'll be interesting though. I think having a couple, a little bit of fans might be good. Well, as of right now, not too many teams, uh, are going to have game uh, fans in the stands, at least for, uh, September. Many have announced that, uh, at least the first one or two games, however many home games they played in September will have no fans, uh, except for two. Uh, Oh, no, there has been – so Atlanta is – would be between 10,000 and 20,000 only local residents within the state and local fans. Um, But uh, 
through September they won't have fans in there, but they would like starting in October to have ten to twenty thousand. But it hasn't officially been that's when they'll do it. Some even some teams have announced that they'll have no fans at all, which is I think uh, a wonderful idea, uh, especially for the teams that uh, if they're not doing well, they won't have they won't have a lot of fans in the stands come November and December because it's just too cold outside. Uh, the two that we are going to talk about are really the Florida teams. Uh, I'm pretty sure Tampa Bay hasn't announced anything because they're afraid Tom Brady will get uh, coronavirus and you know, he's old. So <laughs> he just, so. he just can't handle it. Uh, but Jacksonville is looking to have 25% capacity at their home games and Miami. Miami is looking to bring 13,000 people into their crowds. What are they thinking? Uh, that I don't know. Cause Florida has been one of the worst States and that's what I'm thinking. Miami's the epicenter and Miami's <laughs> like, it's fine. We're all, we're past the, we're, we're past the worst part, right? It's fine. Is it? I think because the Dolphins need fans to be able to try and play good because they haven't been the last few seasons. I don't know. They're. I don't know what they're thinking. And Atlanta, like, I'd I'd be okay with a couple thousand because some of the stadiums can hold seventy a ton of or people. eighty thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you look at uh, the Montreal Impact, had like four hundred people go to a game, and they were so spread out. And it kind of worked. So, I mean, if you were to do a couple thousand, that could maybe work. But then also, how do you prioritize tickets with season ticket holders and the cost for some tickets? How do they equal out that loss? Well, I'm not going to lie. I don't think any NFL team is hurting for money. So the lack in revenue, (laughs) I don't think it's going to be like the CFL where they really need those in-person game and ticket sales and merchandise and food. The NFL is just fine because it'll make millions of dollars off of the TV. That's true. Absolutely. And I mean, going from last year where they made the franchise combined were like 91 billion. I think they're okay. Exactly. They'll be fine. They're not the league everyone's worried about. So it looks like, yeah, at most, some teams will have up to 25% capacity, but that's still thousands of people, which might not be a smart idea, especially in areas like Miami. So, (laughs) Yeah, I don't see that lasting long in Miami, Uh, if they even go through with it come first week i don't know well and that's the thing too las vegas is supposed to open their new stadium they will they'll play in there but there'll be no fans at all they've already said it um and the rams and the chargers are sharing the stadium with their new stadium as well um but some fans can buy cardboard cutouts uh and yeah most of them are going kind of month by month to see if things start to get better. I don't know <laughs> what that means. Um, I don't see things getting better uh, for a while. So I don't, 
think it's realistic to have that many people in a stadium. No, I mean, of course they want to because they want to be the first league to do it and during a regular season and be okay with it. But I just, I don't see it happening with that many fans and it's just only continuously getting worse with schools opening in the States. That Exactly. This isn't New Zealand or Australia where they're in a lot better, they still have problem areas, but they're in a lot better place than the United States. Yeah, where they had enough fans in the um, in New Zealand play, watching rugby, like completely different. So it does look like the season will start on time. That's uh, they're pushing forward, and uh, players seem to be safe at training camp. Uh, does the season finish? You know what? I see. I see it finishing. I know. I'm jumping the gun a little because anything can really happen. But I think they're really – I think players are obviously seeing a lot of how players have acted in the NBA and MLB and things like that. And I think they're hopefully serious about it and not going to be going wild all around town and not being careful. I hopefully see it. Well, we already had that Seattle Seahawks player try and sneak a girl into the (laughs) team hotel. He almost got away with it. He even dressed her up with the jersey and all. But But he ruined his career before it even started. That is a rookie move big time right there. I don't know how uh, the security guard would have been convinced that uh, she was a player, but... Now, what do you think, one, does the NFL have a protocol if a, play, uh, a player or a team, like uh, what happened in uh, the MLB, gets hit with the virus? Because you can't just not play one week and then tack it on at the end or make a team miss their bye week. Like, what kind of plan would the NFL have? It's not like baseball. Can't just be like, oh, we'll tack it on at the end. It, there's a set schedule. The Super Bowl is happening in February. I mean, they could move it, but you know the NFL would not want that to happen at all. No, that's a tricky one. I mean, you could try and do it like a midweek game, but then that if you're scheduled to play on a weekend, that could throw off the whole schedule. I mean, it could just end up as a team loss. I don't see how there's that many backup plans you could have like an MLB where you throw in two games in one night. It just doesn't work for NFL. That's way too much on a game to be able to do that. I don't know. That's hopefully that doesn't have to come to it. Um, But I mean, anything can happen when you're not in a bubble situation. Uh, so final question of this doom and gloom portion of the, the interview. <laughs> Speaking of the Super Bowl, do we have a Super Bowl with like 10,000 people in it? Or do they just sell it and hope that by February there's a vaccine and everything will be fine? Because I'm pretty sure the NFL is trying to fund whatever company will get a vaccine first so that the Super Bowl is not affected 
I can honestly believe that. Um, I think it honestly goes, it'll come down to really how you see stadiums and the fans kind of be brought into it over the course of the season. And by the time maybe February hits and in the States, it might be a lot down in the virus situation. Um, I see them still having fans. This might be the year to go to the Super Bowl. We might be able to get super cheap tickets. I think we can do it. The trick will be getting into the States, though. Oh, uh, that, that's no problem. We just have to come back and quarantine for 14 days. That's fine. Oh, well, sign we, me up. I, I'm we down. can make our way to the States. Okay, let's do it. I mean, we'll just wear a mask, work. hand sanitizer spray. Hopefully some good teams will be there and not the Bengals this season. Uh, you know what? I, I will just, I will take going to any Super Bowl. I won't be picky. That's Obviously, true. make it better if... Uh, a team that we cheer for is there, but uh, I could get on any team. I could, I could do it for the Super Bowl. So we're having a Super Bowl. There's going to be fans in there. How many? Don't quite know. That's going to be a month-to-month uh, basis. But before the season starts, we're going to go through each division, and we're going to give our predictions of who's going to win the division. Uh, we're not going to say by how many games and all that because there's so many factors this year that it just everything can change. So we'll start with your oh, division. Or have you switched teams already? Are you still a Patriots fan, or have we uh, jumped <laughs> ship? Oh, I'm still a Patriots fan. No, sticking, it's definitely going to be up with in the air this season with yeah. our division. The Bills are looking pretty good. I mean, adding Stefan Diggs. And their quarterback's doing great right now, coming off the high from last season. I think, yeah, it's the Bills and, to lose this year. And uh, depending on how many players get sick of Miami, they might have negative wins. So Yeah, they may just have to drop out of the division completely. We'll head to the and, AFC West. Because, yeah, I mean, we all know the Patriots are going to suck this year, so it doesn't matter. We don't have to talk about that. Hey, you know what? Maybe Cam <laughs> Newton will come through. Or we'll have Jared Stidham. Who That's, knows? He only played like 14 snaps or something along those lines last season. That's the thing. People want the Patriots to do well because they like Cam Newton, and he wasn't really given the best farewell in Carolina. No, but they also want to see if Bill Belichick is good with any quarterback or if he was good with Tom Brady. They, they want to see what's up. They kind of want them to fail. Everybody wants the New England Patriots to fail. I mean, but do, do, they, do they want to fail? Dallas, because but... do they want to draft Trevor Lawrence? That was the big thing is they were going to suck this year so that they could draft Trevor Lawrence. I did hear that, but at the same time, I feel like New England's not going to – well, Bill Belichick's not really going to stand for that. And, I mean, they don't even know who's going to be starting quarterback. They haven't decided that yet. Cam Newton's gotten most of the snaps. But you never know. Could play both quarterbacks. Well, it'll it'll be an interesting time in the AFC East uh, and – everyone's going to be watching the Patriots along with Tampa Bay to see the comparison. That's 
one of the highlights for the season is just to see how weird it's going to be to see Tom Brady in a red jersey. That's not the Patriots' weird third it jersey. Right. It doesn't look right at all. How fat Gronk got and how <laughs> slow he is now and how much more muscle he has to gain to get back into what he was. Uh, and their, every AFC game is really going to matter because that was essentially most of how the Patriots would just win the division is you just win most of your AFC East matchups because you play six games against them. There's, you know, you can have a twin wins, 12 win season, win all six of those games. There you go. You're, you're halfway there and you've set all the other teams behind because you beat them and there's no way to catch up. Those are your catch up games. Oh, you're absolutely right. It'll be a tough matchup for Tampa Bay. I mean, offensively and defensively, they have good players and a great system, hopefully. But again, it all comes down to look who they're playing. And we'll shift to the AFC West now. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's, there's no way that the Chiefs don't win this again. No. Look how stacked their offense is still. They have all these returning players. Um, Patrick Mahomes off the whopping 10-year, $500 million contract that he's definitely going to be on his game. There's no way they don't win it. You'll just invest in Denver, uh, L- or Las Vegas, and L.A. That's so weird to say the Las Vegas Raiders and the L.A. Chargers. But he's going to invest so he can just buy – a seat and just sit there because he'll own all of those teams. He has. Let's be real. He's just not posted about it yet. In the AFC North, uh, do we think the Bengals are going to do well or is their O-line going to just be Swiss cheese? Because that's the issue. Their defense is fine. Joe Burrow looks fine. It's the O-line that can't seem to block more than one out of the four people on their own team, I should say. Yeah, I don't know how Joe Barrow is going to... Is he going to survive or is he going to be pancake? We'll see because he was used to such a stacked offensive line at LSU and now he's going to the Swiss cheese factory. I don't know how that's going to go down. Where quarterbacks get uh, injured in Cincinnati. Hopefully they can persuade Andy Dalton to come back halfway no. through the season when he's injured. That's not, no. <laughs> they, that ship has sailed and they've chosen and they're going to regret it. So do we see anyone other than Baltimore winning this division? Are the Browns going to – people are calling that the Browns could surprise people this year and this could be uh, the coming out party for everyone – <laughs> in I Cleveland. Feel like they say that every year with the Browns. I don't, I don't know. They, people are saying that this is different. It feels kind of different when people are talking about it, which is a weird feeling. But people seem to think that this could be the coming out party and that the Browns are going to give – they might even get a wild card. You know what? I'd love to see them actually do it because it's been so many years since they've had winning seasons. And now that they finally have – a few good wide receivers and a solid defense and a quarterback that could actually stay and not 
throw around as many signs. Um, hopefully they can actually perform because Odell Beckham Jr. definitely uh, he was he was a bad fantasy pick for me. That's for sure. You gotta look at the stats, man. <laughs> and we'll hoping off the AFC with the AFC South. I think this is probably the most wide open. I don't see a second place team getting a wild card. They could, but between the Texans, the Jaguars, and the Titans, uh, I think there's only one team coming out of this division. Who that is could be the Titans. Could be the. I t- think my money's on the Titans. With Derrick Henry leading the charge, that's for sure. I don't. I think they're going to go continue off of last season's good playoff run, beating the Patriots. And I think they're starting to get a good system going. And Ryan Tannehill is going strong, and I think he's really making a good comeback. I think he's he's for real. He's not a a, a one season player. Um, I mean, the Texans are just, they're always right there and they just always can't just get it going. Uh, I mean, don't forget uh, the Colts, we shouldn't count them out because uh, old man Phillip Rivers has moved to Indianapolis with his uh, complete offensive team with his family (laughs) and nine children. He so can just he, fill out the roster spots. Exactly. If some people get injured or sick, he's just going to call up his kids, and the offense is going to be the Indianapolis Colt Rivers, and that's they're going to win. Has a nice ring to it. <laughs> uh, so we'll switch to the NFC. Uh, the NFC East, we have the Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, and Washington Football Club who I think will be the team of the NFC with negative wins. I completely agree. Not just because of the name. Not just because of the name. Because they're a fire tire. Yeah. I, that's a tough division. I don't know. I mean, yeah. if the Eagles can keep a healthy quarterback, I could maybe see them taking that division. It's going to be the but... Eagles or the Cowboys, which – Sounds like a broken record. America's team, as they say. I don't know why, but people seem to think that uh, you know, like the Browns, this is this is the Cowboys' year. They're they're doing it. Apparently, every year is the Cowboys' year, but they never get it done. Well, you know, people just keep popping in their VHS copy of the Cowboys Super Bowl win, and they just remember, yeah, this is our year, and, and they then, feel better. Yeah, they feel better. And then they get mad when they can't find the Blu-ray copy or the DVD copy. There's a reason for that. It never existed. (laughs) So in the NFC West, uh, do we really have to ask? I mean, we all know who's going to win this one. So, Oh, you're completely right. I don't don't see any chance that they're not going to win. I can see the Seahawks getting in uh, with the wild card again, which it'll be a tough because Seahawks are always really good when they have Russell Wilson, but I can't bet against my team. 
Not yeah, when we have the best tight end in the game. You do. I must say Kittle is improved a lot. And, I mean, you got Nick Bosa. You can't really go wrong with your defense right there. And Richard Sherman? It's going to be an exciting year. Yeah, let's see how Jimmy G can pull off, pull it off. The NFC North. <laughs> Ooh, uh, we have the Bears, the, the Lions. Uh, are they going to win? Maybe the Lions. I think the Lions have a better shot because, I mean, the Bears can't hit a wide-open receiver. Now, here's a, life. here's a wild thought. The Vikings will probably win, but the Lions are going to come in second because the Packers are done. There's the hot take. All right, I can see that. You know, Vikings have been doing great the last few years, and I can see them continuing that streak. You know, people are saying that it's the Cowboys here. I'm saying it's the Lions here. I like it. You said unless it first, they get right sick, here, folks, and then well, who knows? <laughs> then nobody knows. And nobody knows. And the NFC South. But I do where... have a question for you. Yes. Does Aaron Rodgers um, get benched for the new guy throughout the season? If for whatever reason they start to lose a couple games. Do they have a Brett Favre 2.0? Yes, they do. Because Matt LaFleur drafted this kid. He did not draft Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers is done in Green Bay. Yeah. I'm surprised uh, New England didn't land him. Maybe. Well, they're going after um, what's his name from Houston. That's who Belichick probably wants. Deshaun Watson, probably. Deshaun Watson, he wants him. Yeah. They'll, they'll, he's a good mobile quarterback. Exactly. He's the new Cam Newton. So this is his test run to see if he does well with a running quarterback, and then he'll. I'm telling you, 2021 is going to be a huge shakeup. We thought this year was a shakeup. It's going to be huge next year. Yeah, I can see it. I can see the headlines now. So who do we think wins the NFC South? Do we think it's the Saints again? Because many people have the Saints going to the Super Bowl this year. Kind of in uh, Drew Brees' last kind of ride, if you will. I don't know. That's going to be a, a tough division right off the bat. I, I'd i love to say the Saints because they continuously improve and perform well as a team, as a whole. I mean, when Drew Brees broke his thumb, they had a great quarterback to line him up who was also a wide receiver. That's and true. They, they, they have, have any trouble. I mean, they had Teddy Bridgewater. They have all these backup quarterbacks that are ready to take, and Drew Brees keeps being – you know, one more year and uh, they're probably going to, they don't want to tell him to retire because he's done so much for the team, but they don't want to lose their next rising stars that will keep the team at the high level. Because if they keep losing them to free agency, they're going to be back to square one. Yeah. They don't want to turn into a new, new England situation where 
he just leaves. Exactly. I don't think he would. No. About, yeah, Drew Brees wouldn't do that. All right, and the other part of football, besides the betting, that is so much fun, is fantasy football. This is Woo! what people live for. People have uh, entire draft rooms in their house. They buy expansions to their houses to make draft rooms so that one time a year they can all get together and draft live. Might be a little bit harder this year. Uh, most of them are going online. Uh, but we are going to make my fantasy team for my draft coming up this weekend. So the parameters for my team anyways, which is uh, is on the NFL Fantasy app. Uh, there's also the Yahoo one or ESPN or the other two uh, popular choices. So what my team needs is uh, you need a quarterback for the starting lineup, you got one quarterback, you get two running backs, a tight end, two wide receivers, you got a flex, a kicker, and defense. Okay. And then on the bench, uh, you can have maximum is 15 uh, players. So essentially, it brings it to two quarterbacks. You could have four running backs because you could have one on the bench and one in the flex, two tight ends. Uh, so you can have one, or you could put both on uh, in the starting lineup. Four wide receivers, because you could have a third on there. Uh, kicker, defense, or you could have two kickers uh, or two defense and only one tight end, depending on how you want to draft. So what should my first round pick be? See, that's, I, a, that's always a tricky question, because I feel like it also depends on where you land in the picking and kind of how safe you're in the middle of your draft lineup and everybody starts to go say everyone like freaks that. out yeah everyone freaks out because all the top three are running backs but nobody picks a quarterback right off the bat um i think you go I'd, I'd say go in running back first off the bat. Running back. Oh. Interesting. So I'm just looking up the, the draft order because I was last place for a long period of time. And then I won a game and then I kept winning in the kind of loser bracket of the playoffs, which guaranteed me not to get first place. Although that's been switched up for this coming year. So when you're in the loser bracket, uh, those teams play for the first round draft pick. So it's more enticing. Ooh. So I, okay. I came second in the loser playoff bracket. So theoretically, I probably should have so been close. so close. So I believe I am picking fourth. Ooh. That'd be an interesting pick because you could honestly, depending on how the first three go, because they could pick up the top three running backs right there or wide receiver. So if we go based on the NFL 100 list, so Lamar Jackson's one, Russell Wilson's two, Aaron Donald three, Pat Mahomes four, and Michael Thomas five, those all seem really out of whack for me. 
you get yeah. Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Gilmore, and Derrick Henry at 10, which is – so you could go – and then if you look at the kind of draft rankings on my sheets, you have based on point system, which makes it more accurate for fantasy uh, players and owners. You got Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Kamara, Thomas, Henry, uh, Sanders, and Nick Chubb. So you have... One wide receiver and the rest are running backs until you get to uh, Devontae Adams uh, at the 16th position. He's the next highest uh, wide receiver based on points last year. So, yeah, you're probably right, a running back. But who do I take? I know. You have to to put the the top. So it's possible to get a – McCaffrey or Henry or Saquon. See, I wouldn't pick. I don't know about going Elliot right off the bat because oh, I don't think uh, he's always been very questionable, depending on how Dallas is playing. And I wouldn't be selecting him first round whatsoever. Although he's listed as third, but. I still would rather go Dalvin Caffrey or Henry if you can. Get a good power running back. Now, I imagine the wide receivers like Goodwin, Evans, they're going to be hot commodities from Tampa Bay, so they might move up higher. Yes, I can see them moving up just because of who their quarterback is. But then a really big one is tight ends and kickers. When is the right time to draft a tight end and a kicker that's not too early or too late? Because if you get a bad kicker, bad kicker can be the difference between you winning and losing some weeks. Oh, um, and then a absolutely. tight end, kind of the same thing, or just to pad a lead. So we all know, you know, which tight end I want to pick. But then who would be my second one or a backup? Because really, there's Kelsey and Kittle. And then people might be hard-pressed to find or name another tight end that exists. You know what? I I bet you a lot of people will draft Gronkowski just because of offense, but not knowing how he's even going to (laughs) do. Can he even catch Uh, a ball still? Can he... Nobody knows. But that's a good question. I feel whenever I do my draft picks, definitely if you want a good tight end, you never want to wait too long. And I'd say maybe even within like the fourth or fifth round, picking one up. It all depends on if you see them start to go. Because if you start to see them go, you want to snag one as fast as you can or else you're getting stuck with like the Browns tight end. Well, and that's the thing too, is you, you win a lot of your games on the waiver wire as the season goes on. And I think that's going to be even more important this year. So especially with people being sick and things like that. 
mm-hmm. the waiver wire is going to become a crucial addition to a lot of people's teams. Now, what defense should I go for? Probably drafting it in the second last round. <laughs> That's mostly when defenses really go. They don't really go early at all. And, no, and then people panic and go, oh, man, I need a defense. What do you mean Jacksonville's the only one I can pick? <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, well... And then uh-oh. you pick up a okay. second defense because you're not confident, and then Jacksonville does amazing the first week, and you're like, oh, and then you play them, and then they suck the next week, and then you're down two, uh, two games already in the season. Not that that's ever yeah, happened to someone at all. defenses. No, never. Of course not. No, never. Totally didn't happen. Me, like every first two, first couple weeks <laughs> of fantasy. Um, that's a good question for defense. I mean, you can't really go wrong with how San Francisco defense played last season. They're always going to be a top one. Or Kansas City. Uh, normally, I'd say even not many people draft the Patriots' defense. No, half how, their defense quit this year, so it's uh, yeah. So I would never, I wouldn't go that route at all. Um, and the Ravens had to. The Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens are a little bit of a mess. Defense. So, so uh, I don't know about them either. Well, I mean, the Buccaneers defense is looking pretty good this season. Oh, give me a break about the Buccaneers defense. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're going to be ordering a red jersey very, very soon. No, I can't do it. As much as I I don't know, you, love you, Tom Brady. You threw away the Minnesota Vikings jersey pretty quick when the Patriots began to win. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a long time ago. just because you were like eight doesn't give you any excuse exactly i don't even remember that phase (laughs) so i'm just looking for the highest rated defense and it's taken me a while so the uh, so the highest rated defense is at number 169 on the charts uh and that's uh the steelers and then the Bills, and Which then is, the Niners, and then the Ravens, and the Patriots. I feel like the Steelers' defense is always ranked really high for some reason. They always I, are. I don't see them, like, the Steelers obviously offensively have, haven't been doing that great the last few seasons. I mean, they're getting old. They are. Steelers are getting old. <laughs> A lot I mean, of their, their pieces are not young. They're replacing some, but not, uh, not fast old. enough. <laughs> <laughs> and Big Ben's uh, struggling to get down the field and make a throw. Exactly. Although the time off, I think, from his injury, I think he's uh, gone back into a much better shape. So, Oh, well, that'll be great for them. They need that. Now, some of the things that have happened uh, up here in Canada is uh, since the CFL is not playing this year, teams are uh, allowing players to be released from their contract uh, to try and get uh, a chance to get on an NFL team. Normally, this happens 
uh, about the uh, end of the season or uh, into the winter months or as soon as the Super Bowl's finished because then you can start to sign contracts. And they let them go uh, with uh, the chance to make a squad. So then they go to uh, training camp. And then if they get cut, they can return to the CFL for the second half, which is usually about Labor Day, which is right around the corner. And since the CFL is not playing, uh, they have released some players. So two uh, popular punters, uh, one from the Rough Riders, uh, uh, John Ryan, uh, who's Canadian and has won a Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks, uh, did come back because he was from... uh, Uh, Saskatchewan and he uh, wanted to play and he did play last year but he was released to try and uh, get one more chance at the NFL and Richie Leone uh, the punter for the Red Blacks also uh, was released to try and uh, make an NFL squad so it's going to be interesting to see uh, if they can get on a squad or what team any team picks them up we'll have to watch the next uh, little while to see if uh, any teams or injuries happen because they can get called at any time. They can week three punters go down or O-linemen. There are five players from the the Rough Riders and a few scattered across the CFL. Do you, uh, do you think any uh, of them are going to make it? Yeah. I mean, it is a little late, obviously, like you said, for them to be making that jump, but, this year, I think, as good as any to make it because it's honestly up in the air with the virus and players could be dropping out last minute, last few days before a game. You need a call-up. I think it's really smart to for the CFL to allow these players to have a chance at going to the NFL in the offseason and still being able to play. And I think they could be a real big game-changer because you obviously don't really see any of these players play in the NFL. So there's going to be like basically a rookie coming in. You never know. It could be a good game changer. All right. And as we're about a week and a little bit away from uh, the season opening, because uh, the season is still as of recording uh, slated to begin uh, in about two weeks, I believe, because everything was everything pushed back. Now I'm getting. I thought so. I thought they pushed it back a week. Yes, start. they did. So it was supposed okay. to start next <laughs> Thursday, um, but everything has been pushed. So the 10th of September is the opening game of the Texans and the Chiefs. Uh, so we can see Kansas City spank the Texans one more time uh, while raising a banner. Yes, unfortunately, there won't be any see, uh, fans to see it and cheer, but still a great moment for them, and they well-deserved. I see it hopefully still going and happening. I don't see the season being delayed anymore. So give us your prediction. Who is in the AFC and NFC championship game? We'll give you four opportunities to strike out. Four opportunities to strike out. All right, let me let me give me a moment. Okay, 
Who do I see in the finals? I'm going to say I could definitely see San Francisco making another comeback. And as much as I'd like to see the Buccaneers pull it off, I don't know if they can really do it. Don't do it. I'm, I'm going to say the Saints. Uh, I'm going to say Saints versus 49ers. For thought NFC. you were going to take the Tom Brady bait. No. I you were going to do it. You know what? You, you never know how he's going to do this season, but I don't think – I think it's going to be too much hype sure. for the team. That's coming from a Tom Brady fan. So I'm, I'm shocked that you are hurting Tom Brady like that. He is listening to this podcast – and going and crying himself to sleep now in his very large mansion in Florida. Tom, I'm sorry. Gronk is uh, going to have to come please and don't hate me. cuddle him and tell him it's going to be fine. Please send me a signed jersey. <laughs> and then and AFC. Hmm. You know what? I could see the Titans. And maybe the Bills this season. I think I could see the Bills making a big push. And I think I could definitely see the Titans beating the Ravens. So Kansas City does not make the Super Bowl. I don't know if they could. I don't know if they'll do it twice, two in a row. Interesting. I mean, they have a lot of offensive power. Teams also, definitely saw that, but. The fact that it took you so long to pick just means you haven't been thinking about this day in and day out. You're our NFL expert. You have to be. Thank you so much, Cole, for <laughs> so joining I us. Agree. I agree. Uh, it's just such a report. tough question. And we'll definitely no, have to keep changes. you uh, on the loop of how so the Kansas Patriots team is doing but, that we picked. Uh-huh. So it's going to be the Bills so in Kansas we'll City. Well and then it's going to be uh, the Niners and the Saints. Stay tuned on our social media page. That's what I'm going with this season. We're having a giveaway right now. So we will have a big one season for episode 25. So get your, get your bets right in now. now. We have a giveaway. Have a little so over two weeks the podcast to on media. Uh, decide uh, on who you're going to bet on week one. Tag your friends on our post. Uh, on so this Cole, post thanks for joining us 18. on this episode. And uh, we'll have to check to back in with you as the season, season progresses. And uh, so we have a couple of entrants already. Let's share. Let's blow this podcast Thank you so much for having me, Justin. Let's get big numbers. Go Patriots. We have listeners from all over the world, but let's get our social media running. So Sports United Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, Sports United Pod 1 on Twitter. Let's share, let's like, let's spread the love, let's spread the uniteness. Probably not a word, but it is for now. So thank you very much for joining us this week. Big week, happy long weekend for those of you uh, who have a Labor Day weekend coming up. It usually means school's coming back. So if you're going back to school, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, this year is probably going to be very hectic. So if you need a release or a kind of a mind away from everything, we're making sure that this podcast is going to have uniting news, happy news, uh, bring everyone together. That's what this is all about. This is what sports does well, bringing everyone together, making it Uh, a fair playing ground everyone can play learn respect each other so have a great weekend hopefully the weather is fantastic and we'll see you next week so stay safe 
unite together and sport on. <laughs>